there, and welcome back to another episode of Chocolate Tech, your guide to all things tech. The podcast where we talk about how buying thousands of dollars worth of Apple products would literally make you immortal, as well as the unfortunate, continuous, embarrassing, unnecessary, and overall depressing downfall of Halo Infinite. So yeah, without further ado, this is your host, Yitina Zam, and let's get started, shall we? So, first things first, I'm pretty sure I'm legally obligated to talk about the Apple event first. So here we go. So, uh, Apple's Far Out event. It was all about... Um, yeah, products, um, money, and safety, because Apple really does care about us after all. So, um, they shall have a couple of new watches, uh, and the new AirPods Pro, and uh, I think I'm missing something. Oh yeah, right, the iPhone 14. So, let's start off with the watches. So, we got the Apple Watch Series 8, and then we got the Apple Watch SE 2, or uh, SE Gen 2, whichever you want to call it. As well as the introduction of the newest member of the Apple Watch family, the Apple Watch Ultra. Yeah, uh, the leaks uh, called it Apple Watch Pro, maybe, plus, max, if you will. But no, they just straight up went Ultra on this one. Okay, so, the Apple Watch Series 8. Uh, well, it's the successor to the Apple Watch Series 7. It has a slightly bigger screen. Um, n- n- new features, of course, although it's pr- pretty much the exact same interface. Um, there are new thermometers, uh, specifically designed for women's health in mind, which is indeed a nice, neat little feature. It's a two-sensor design, one uh, on the back and one under the display, especially considering the controversy when it comes to women's rights back in the US, plus the fact that all the data is encrypted to you, yourself, and only you. This could be very, very useful. But, what if you're driving a car, you're listening to this podcast right now, as I'm talking about uh, the uh, the new Apple Watch's features, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, your car crashes, uh, you have been in an accident. What are you going to do? Nothing. Because you're useless without Tim Cook. So, the great Tim Cook has been merciful enough to give us the car crash detection feature on my Apple Watch. I mean, it's always been uh, like one of my worst nightmares for me. Uh, I get into a car crash and I don't even know about it. But thankfully, the Apple Watch tells me that I've been in a car in a car accident, so that I would know. So, thanks to an improved gyroscope and a new accelerometer, uh, it can detect uh, car accidents, and uh, it could trigger an uh, uh, automated emergency call uh, to emergency services. The Watch Series 8 has a battery life of around 18 hours uh, per charge. That's on regular use. But thanks to low power mode, you can do up to 36 hours on a single charge. Uh, speaking of which, low power mode will be available uh, as part of Watch West 9, coming to Watch Series 4 and above. The Apple Watch Series 8 comes in four colors, Midnight, Starlight, Silver, and Product Red. Uh, the stainless steel finishes include Silver, Gold, and Graphite. There are new bands. Uh, from uh, from Apple, from Nike, and from Her- Hermes? Is that how you pronounce it? I, I, honestly, I have no idea. The Apple Watch Series 8 starts at 399 with the cellular model starting at 499 After watching many horrific uh, car accidents as tests for the Apple Watch Series 8, we go back to n- new products. This time, the Apple Watch SE Gen 2. It's just like the Series 8, but cheaper uh, and uh, a little bit worse. Uh, improvements, it's 20% faster thanks to the S8 chip, which is the same as the uh, as the one in the Series 8. Um, uh... The Apple Watch SE Gen 2 comes in Midnight, Silver, and Starlight. It starts at 249 with the cellular model costing 299 
we're now at the point where most of the major improvements to Apple Watches is just it's better. Go ahead, buy it. But this is when we cut to a video teasing Apple's latest and greatest innovation. A watch, not with one, but two buttons. This is the Apple Watch Ultra. Ever hike a mountain and go scuba diving and feel like your Apple Watch is useless? Well, this is just for you. The Apple Watch Ultra is supposed to be the toughest thing on on earth. It has a 49mm titanium case with a sapphire display. It has a new button called the action button, which is orange. Uh, that, that's very important. You can customize it with a, a function of your choice. Apparently the buttons and the crown are decided to be used while wearing gloves, which is neat. Every Apple Watch Ultra has cellular, which again, as you would expect in an, in an Ultra product, a second speaker on the watch so that the people on the subway could listen to their music even louder than before. Would thanks Apple. Uh, battery life: 36 hours of regular use with uh, low power mode, bringing in around 60 hours in a single charge, which is really fantastic. They showed a new face for uh, the watch ultra. It's called Wayfinder. It has some uh, neat stuff that honestly I don't even understand. Uh, I know it tells the time. Uh, also, uh, it looks like, uh, is that the location, and altitude, and a compass. There's other stuff, but if I'm gonna be completely honest with you, I don't know what, what they're supposed to tell. And then Apple just talks about their latest and greatest um, technological and engineering marvel inside the Apple Watch Ultra. The bands. Guess what? These things keep the watch closed. They're stronger. Um, uh, they're they're more they're uh, they're they're more better. Okay, truth be told, this does have some neat stuff. The, um, the bands, and there are special bands for uh, specific activities. The ocean band is molded uh, elastomer, uh, can stretch over a wetsuit, which is neat. The trail loop um, is the thinnest and lightest one, and the alpine one has a woven band and a loop. Apparently, GPS performance is pretty important whenever you're camping, so that's why um, there's going to be a new GPS chip with new frequencies to go along with it. So now it's not just L1, it's also L1 and L5. Actually, really neat. There's also the introduction of night mode, where it turns the entire face into just black and white color scheme. This is actually really useful at night or wherever uh, visibility is actually really weak. So this is neat. When it comes to water, I mean, the Apple Watch Ultra just loves water so much. So it's not just water resistant, it's really water resistant. It's uh, EN13319 water resistant. We're talking scuba diving levels over here. Uh, a new app from Hewish Outdoors with Mike Hewish telling us all about it. The Apple Watch Ultra, again, a reminder, this is the cellular model because all models have cellular. The Apple Watch Ultra costs $7.99. Uh, it will be available on September 23, while the other uh, Apple Watches will be available September 16th. Now, as someone who's never run a marathon, hiked a mountain, or went scuba diving, I can definitely say the Ultra is the one for me. I really want to know more details about the, uh, the uh, machine learning and the Apple Watch Ultra. I'm scared it might, uh, I don't know, silently judge me while I'm sitting on, on the couch eating Fruit Loops. 
I don't think AI is that advanced yet. But the Ultra is a, a great addition to the watch family. It actually has pros and cons. Pro, it's the best. Uh, con, it's the most expensive. Still, it's probably the coolest addition to the watch family. Next up, we got the new and improved AirPods Pro. It's got the new H2 chip with high bandwidth connectivity. Spatial audio is supposed to get really improved this time around. Uh, you can also use the camera on your iPhone to create a personalized spatial audio profile. Uh, something other companies like Sony have been doing for a while now. This is actually a really neat feature. Probably a gimmick. I mean, not many people are going to notice the difference that much. Thanks to the uh, H2 chip, uh, noise cancellation also has been greatly improved. With double uh, the noise cancelled and having their careers ended. There's a new extra small ear tip. Swipe controls, finally. Instead of just clicking on the stems, I can just swipe. Uh, you can do that for volume, for pausing, whatever you really want. Battery life has also been improved. This time up to 6 hours of uh, listening time. Uh, that's 2 hours uh, more than the original model. And 30 hours in total after charging with the case. Speaking of the charging case, finally! You can find the case in the Find My app using speakers in the case itself. I can't believe n not many other companies aren't doing this. I keep losing my case more than my actual uh, earbuds. Samsung, please get on it. The case can also now charge using the Apple Watch charger. That is really cool. The AirPods Pro costs $249 and will be available September 23rd. And now we go to the iPhones. Yeah! So this year's lineup includes the iPhone 14, the iPhone 14 Plus, the Pro, and the Pro Max. You may have noticed there is no Mini this year, and also the Plus is back. So I'm not sure if the iPhone 14 is just the upgraded version of the 13 Mini, and the 14 Plus is the upgraded version of the 13. Or maybe there is no relation whatsoever, and Apple's just trying to, I don't know, make us lose our minds? I hear this. Okay, so, let's, let's do this. The iPhone 14 has a 6.1 inch Super Retina XDR uh, 120Hz display. It's powered by the A15 Bionic. It has a 3240 mAh battery uh, with fast charging up to 23 watts. You can go from 128 to 512 gigs of storage, only 4 gigs of RAM, uh, two cameras on the back, a 12 megapixel main camera, uh, and a 12 megapixel ultra wide camera. On the front, you have a 12 megapixel selfie camera. By now you're probably thinking this is pretty much the same as the iPhone 13, and you're right. That's because this is the iPhone 13. Now let's go back to the actual iPhone 14. It has a 6.1 inch Super Retina XDR 120Hz display. It's powered by the A15 Bionic. For storage, you can go from 128 to 512 gigs of NVMe storage. Uh, only 6 gigs of RAM, 2 cameras on the back, a 12 megapixel main camera, a 12 megapixel ultra wide camera. On the front, you have a 12 megapixel selfie camera. It comes in 5 colors midnight, purple, starlight, blue, red, and starts at $799. They just added 2 more gigabytes of RAM and a new color, purple. Uh, at least I think that's the new color. I, I don't keep up with colors these days. So, in summary, the iPhone 14 is uh, a barely souped-up uh, iPhone 13. This is no joke. It's literally powered by the same chipset, the A15 Bionic. It's the same one found on the iPhone 13. 
difference is it has one more GPU core than the iPhone 13. Other actual improvements? Uh, well, this is uh, technically an actual improvement. 49% uh, low light improvement uh, when it comes to pictures and video. Uh, true depth, 38% uh, low light improvement. There's the introduction uh, of the photonic engine. It's pretty much deep fusion, but better and takes more frames to cram together to make a better image. And there's also action mode. It, it's basically better stabilization in the cameras. It's better. We also got the same crash detection technology from the Apple Watches on the iPhones. So if you're ever worried about being in a car accident and not knowing about it, even though the Apple Watch was telling you about it, now you have your iPhone as well. Design-wise, when it comes to the iPhone 14 and 14 Plus, um, I honestly have no idea. I am not kidding. Uh, I was trying to come up with some funny joke or whatever about how the design never changes. Uh, there's actually no change in the design. Pretty sure it's the exact same body from the 13. But, if you're willing to shell out an extra $100, you get a new design with the iPhone 14 Pro and the Pro Max. So, um, on the back, it's, it's pretty much the exact same, except the camera cutout is slightly bigger. But, the key improvement or change from the 13 Pro and Pro Max is the front with, guess what, no notch. That's right, I, I am not kidding, there's no notch on the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max. Instead, it's a pill-shaped cutout. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Dynamic Island. The pill-shaped cutout is not only a part of your phone, but also a part of your life. It's a UI thing. Uh, Apple takes advantage of the fact that there's a pill-shaped cutout and use, uh, uses software to disguise uh, the notifications, which has a black background, if you can imagine that, to somewhat camouflage um, the cutout as a part of the notification. This can be, uh, I don't know, uh, text messages, uh, your music, uh, I don't know, uh, GPS notifications, stuff like that. It's innovation, okay? We also got a new chip, only on the 14 Pro and Pro Max. If you if you spend $100 less on a 14, 14 Plus, you're not worthy. So anyways, the A16 Bionic. Uh, for efficiency cores, two performance cores, a 5-core GPU, 50% uh, more memory bandwidth. It's also more power efficient, stuff like It's just better. Oh, we also got new sensors for the cameras. So, it, on the back you get a 12 megapixel ultrawide camera, 12 megapixel telephoto camera, and a 48 megapixel main camera. See, when other companies try to make uh, high megapixel sensors, it's generally looked at as fine. But when Apple does it, it's innovation. Okay, I'm kidding, but it is four times uh, the amount of megapixels than, you know, the 13 Pro, if I remember correctly. Other than that, the 14 Pro and Pro Max is just better. You still get a 6.1 inch on the Pro and 6.7 inch on the Pro Max. You also get always-on display. I, I forgot about that. It yeah, um, Apple's finally adding always-on display with a refresh rate as low as 1 hertz thanks to the new LTPO technology. Isn't that from Samsung? I just remembered Samsung sells the LTPO displays. Huh. So thanks to Samsung, Apple now has a better display. Um, again, always on display, finally now available. A peak HDR brightness of 1600 nits, same as the Pro, Pro Display XDR, interesting. Uh, with a peak outdoor brightness of 2000 nits. And according to Apple, it's higher than any smartphone. 
You know, if I'm gonna be completely honest, this is Apple we're talking about here. There's, there's gotta be this one more thing. I mean, come on, this is Apple we're talking about. There, there, there's gotta be this groundbreaking feature no other company has ever done. And they were so close to doing it with um, emergency SOS via satellite. So, let's say you have no signal. You're far away, no service tower in sight. What are you gonna do? Well, you can... Uh, send a quick little emergency SOS message to a satellite. It's incredibly short and uh, your message has to be very, very, very small and condensed. And apparently Apple made some huge improvements uh, to uh, their message uh, compression algorithms so that now it would take only 15 seconds uh, to send um, uh, a message to a satellite, 15 seconds, you have to point up to a very specific location into the nearest satellite and just stand for like that for 15 seconds. Like imagine I just text H-E-L-P and then I just stand up pointing my phone to the sky like I'm a crazy lunatic or something. If you buy uh, an iPhone 14, 14 Plus, 14 Pro or 14 Pro Max, you get the first two years of the service for free, other than after that, yeah, you're gonna have to pay. It's a paid service. It's launching in the US and Canada on November of this year and other countries soon to follow. Now, the reason I said that Apple was so close to making this groundbreaking innovation was that technically speaking, they were a couple of hours too late on it. Weird, right? You've never heard of that feature before. Well, let me tell you about the Huawei Mate 50 lineup which got announced almost 12 hours before Apple's Far Out event. Starting with the Huawei Mate 50e, which has a 6.7 inch OLED 90Hz display. It's powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 778 5G. Uh, it has a 4460 mAh battery with fast charging up to 66 watts. For storage, you can go from 128 to 256 gigs of UFS 3.1 storage. Two cameras on the back, a 15 megapixel main camera and a 13 megapixel ultra-wide camera. On the front, you have a 13 megapixel selfie camera. It comes in three colors, black, silver, and purple. Next up, we got the Huawei Mate 50, just the regular one, uh, which has a 6.7 inch OLED 90Hz display. It's powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 8 Plus 4G Gen 1. And you get a slightly, actually exactly the same size, 4460 mAh battery with fast charging also up to 66 watts. For storage, you can go from 128 to 512 gigs of UFS 3.1 storage, 8 gigs of RAM, 3 cameras on the back, a 15 megapixel main camera, a 12 megapixel telephoto camera, a 13 megapixel ultra wide camera. On the front, you have a 13 megapixel selfie camera. It comes in four colors black, silver, purple, and orange. Yeah. Then we go to the Mate 50 Pro which has a 6.74 inch OLED 120Hz display. It's powered by also the Qualcomm Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1. Uh, you get a slightly bigger uh, 4700mAh battery with fast charging up to 66 watt. Uh, for storage, 256 gigs to 512 of UFS 3.1 storage, 8 gigs of RAM, 3 cameras on the back, a 50 megapixel main camera, a 64 megapixel telephoto camera, and a 30 megapixel ultrawide camera. On the front, you have a 13 megapixel selfie camera. Comes in four colors, the exact same black, silver, purple, and orange. Why am I mentioning these at all? Well, uh, just as I said, 12 hours before Apple's Far Out event, while we had their own event, uh, 
revealing the mate lineup and they barely beat Apple to the punch with uh, this satellite communication stuff. Sending only, I should mention. You can't receive messages from a satellite. What a crazy world we live in. The one feature Huawei beats Apple to is satellite communication. It's just like one text message. It's crazy. So uh, that was the Mate 50 lineup. Uh, that was also the conclusion of the Apple 4 Out event. It was pretty cool. It was mostly about saving lives. Because how would Apple get money if their customers keep dying? I mean, I mean, it's just logic here. Uh, dead customers won't be able to pay to Apple. So uh, Apple uh, saves lives. And as a thank you, uh, customers just ke keep buying Apple stuff. So next up, we got some budget phones that not many people care about, but they're still worth mentioning. The Motorola Edge 30 lineup, which includes the Edge 30 Neo, the 30 Fusion, and the 30 Ultra. Uh-huh. Okay, so the Motorola Edge 30 Neo has a 6.28 inch 120Hz display. It's it's powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 695. Uh, you get a decent uh, 4020mAh battery with fast charging up to 68 watts. For storage, you can go from 128 to 256 gigs of storage, uh, only 6 to 8 gigs of RAM, two cameras on the back, a 64 megapixel main camera, and a 13 megapixel ultrawide camera. Uh, on the front, you have a 32 megapixel selfie camera. Uh, it comes in uh, four colors, very peri, I don't even know what that is, black onyx, ice palace, and aqua foam. Next up, we got the Edge 30 Fusion. I'm not sure if that's supposed to be the better one or if the new one, I have no idea. Uh, the X30 Fusion has a 6.55 inch OLED 144Hz display. It's powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888 Plus 5G. You get a 4400mAh battery with fast charging up to 68 watts. Uh, for storage, 128 to 512GB of UFS 3.1 storage, 8 to 12GB of RAM. Three cameras on the back, a 15 megapixel main camera, a 13 megapixel ultrawide -right camera, and a 2 megapixel depth sensor. On the front, you have a 32 megapixel selfie camera. It comes in four colors Neptune blue, cosmic gray, solar gold, and aurora white. Last but definitely not least, the Motorola Edge 30 Ultra, which has a 6.67 inch OLED 144Hz display. It's powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1. You get a 4610 mAh battery with fast charging up to 125 watts. For storage, you can go from 128 to 512 gigabytes of UFS 3.1 storage, 8 to 12 gigs of RAM, uh, three cameras on the back, a 200 megapixel main camera. That alone is impressive. Uh, a 12 megapixel depth sensor and a 15 megapixel ultrawide camera. On the front, you have a really impressive 60 megapixel selfie camera. Uh, it comes in two colors, interstellar black and starlight white. Not much to say about them other than uh, the, the 200 megapixel sensor is insane. Um, also the 60 megapixel selfie uh, on the ultra is also pretty insane. And then again, megapixel count isn't the be all end all of good uh, photos and videos. Sure, if you want to get a really detailed uh, picture, yeah, you can absolutely do that with uh, the Edge 30 Ultra. But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean, for example, the colors might be accurate or that it may be good in low light. So, yeah, I mean, megapixel count isn't the most important thing.
perfect example, Apple. I love leaks, if I'm gonna be honest. Uh, we got leaks um, about, you know, the pill-shaped camera cutout on the iPhone 13 Pro. Uh, we also got some uh, leaks beforehand about the satellite communication, so it, it wasn't really a huge surprise or anything. But you know who just loves leaks more than anyone else? Google. Uh, apparently, uh, there has been an, a leaked unboxing video of the Google Pixel 7 Pro. Judging by the insane reputation of Google Pixel leaks, I'm pretty sure the design and everything else is probably true. From what I can tell, um, on the back, it, uh, I mean, you still got that raised up bar uh, with, uh, you know, of course the cameras on it, as well as the flashlight and microphone. So if I'm gonna be honest, I think it's, it's gonna be a weekly or, month or monthly tradition here in Tech, or just talk about Pixel leaks. Still need to come up with a good name for the segment though. Okay, um, if you didn't like listening to the phone segment of this episode, well, I got good news for you. It's over. Uh, now we're going to go in to the gaming section, where, where you know, I talk about video games and uh, overall tech related to video games. Uh, then we'll end the episode off with the tiny topics. So when I hear the word gaming, what do you usually think? Leisure, um, somewhat relaxing means good social fun with others, you know, even just single player games, it's still really fun. Uh, good, uh, hopefully, non toxic community. And overall, it's supposed to be taken as fun. Uh, some uh, lean in more as, you know, it's gaming is their literal job. Game developers, streamers, NPCs. Mikai Kosar, I, I, I hope I pronounced that correctly, um, a member of the Wolves DAO group, uh, a consultant on NFT game projects, may have mentioned uh, a plan on how to you know, add some more realism to games, as well as uh, offer up some real, hopefully good paying jobs. Quote, with the cheap labor of a developing country, you could use people in the Philippines as NPCs or non-playable characters, uh, real-life NPCs in your game. Just populate the world. Maybe do a random job or just walk back and forth, fishing, telling stories, a shopkeeper. Anything is really possible. And in quote, the only thing I'm gonna say about this is I really hope someone comes up with a good AI for NPCs, kind of like the ones you see in Free Guy, before they start hiring people to become NPCs in the game. I I really hope we're not that dystopian. In other news, uh, Sony has had some stuff for the PS5, that's for sure. Uh, they quietly redesigned the inside of the PS5, so now it's more energy efficient, cheaper to produce, and it's lighter. So the disc-based version uh, of uh, the PS5 is now uh, as light as the original digital-only PS5, which is insane to think about. Uh, the SSD enclosure has been slightly changed, and about that uh, power efficiency, it's 20 to 30 less watts. Actually, pretty impressive. There has also been a new update for PS5s, finally adding 1440p support, uh, UX uh, improvements, and game lists. And here come the caveats. So, 1440p output is possible. The only drawback is it won't have VRR. Uh, so yeah, that does mean variable refresh rate will only be supported at 1080p and 4K. Game lists are pretty much just folders, um, and there's a limit to 15 folders or game lists in total. 
which does include disc, digital, and streaming games. Uh, each list will be able to hold up to 100 games, which is actually more than all games I own in total. Party chat has also been slightly improved, uh, now being able uh, to send and receive stickers and voice messages in party chats, which is actually really cool. So uh, good to see Sony, you know, keeping keep doing the good work, um, except for the drama. <laughs> so if you haven't heard, uh, Xbox bought Activision. Activision uh, makes Call of Duty, which is a pretty big game apparently when it comes to PS5s or PlayStation in general. Um, Call of Duty has had a really long relationship with PlayStation. I'm pretty sure uh, Sony bought the marketing rights for Call of Duty for a while now. Uh, but since Xbox just flat out bought them for almost 70 billion dollars, Sony got a bit, uh, I want to say jealous, but I don't think a multi-billion dollar corporation has feelings, so let's just say they lost some stock, that's, that's pretty much it, they just lost some money. So after some troubles with the UK government's approval on the acquisition, uh, Phil Spencer, the CEO of Microsoft Gaming, uh, went ahead and uh, t told to the public about you know, Xbox's plans with Activision, and how they're still gonna keep uh, publishing uh, Call of Duty games on PlayStation for the next couple of years. Neat! Good on Xbox! Uh, keeping the video games industry healthy and not as toxic as it could have been. Phil also mentions uh, their ongoing uh, agreements and contractual obligations to Sony are still being kept. Great! What's the problem? Sony! Uh, Jim Ryan, uh, in an interview, uh, said this, quote, Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. Uh, quote, again, after almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on so many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our games. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle, end quote. I'm pretty sure a deal is supposed to satisfy both parties. I mean, I, I'm not a business guy, I don't know much about business, but from what I know, from watching just a ton of TV shows, um, both parties are supposed to agree to this, uh, to any deal. So, um, why, why is Jim Ryan or Sony as a whole um, not happy about the deal? They could have just not accepted it. Or offered another one. Uh, I'm confused. What, what's what's the point here? It's likely Activision's current deal with Sony uh, expires on uh, in 2024. So technically speaking, three years after that, with Microsoft's agreement, could mean that Call of Duty keeps releasing on PlayStation until 2027. That's not bad. That's still five more years of support. Sony just bought Bungie. Couldn't they make their own Call of Duty? Anyway. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, these are just some multi-billion dollar corporations just having fun together. You know, teasing one another to show how much they really do care for each other. Speaking of Microsoft, Xbox has also gotten some neat updates. Starting with the Home UI, which hasn't changed since, I believe, what, what, what 2015, 2017? It's gonna be updated again in next year, in 2023. And if I'm gonna be completely honest, it does resemble the Xbox TV app. Quite a lot, you know, the ones you see in 2022 Samsung TVs. So, uh, on the home menu, you have your jump back in uh, row, which have uh, your recently played games, and their icons are all evenly sized, so 
the most recent game isn't the biggest anymore. It's all just the same size. I, I like that. You'll have a dedicated icon below them uh, for the Microsoft Store, uh, which is right next to the My Games and Apps icon. And then, of course, you have the three other tiles on the bottom, well, which are basically just ads. It's not coming anytime soon, which uh, I, I can half understand. But hey, I mean, at least they're trying to improve it. In other news for Xbox, we got a new controller, folks. Yes! Now, me personally, I've always been interested in the Xbox Elite 2 controller. The problem is, it's, it's just way too expensive. So, I'm glad to see that Xbox has finally... Um, made it a bit cheaper with the Xbox Elite 2 core controller which is now white but but still has some black accents to it and it's actually more affordable same features just cheaper at 129.99 problem is uh, the interchangeable components you'll have to buy those separately for 59.99 that would include the charging case, the charging dock, the, the thumbsticks, the tall thumbstick, the dome thumbstick, the cross-shaped D-pad, uh, the four paddles, and the USB-C cable. I can see why some would be interested in that, but I feel like $129.99 for just the controller is also a bit too much. I don't know, I've, I've never owned an Elite controller, I don't know uh, if the feel of the controller is, is worth that much more. But hey, more options for consumers. Uh, Xbox also has some updates when it comes to party chat, uh, with the introduction of noise suppression. Uh, it removes breathing, clicks, and music in party chats. So, just open the guide, scroll to parties and chats, and select options. There you can see the noise suppression switch, keep it off, or turn it on. Okay, I know this is technically old news, but um, Halo. I need to talk about it. I, I just need to let it out of my system. I hate the new roadmap. I, I, I just hate it. So, um, more than a week ago, uh, 343 Industries, the developer responsible for the Halo franchise apparently, uh, sent out their newest and most recent roadmap. Subject to change. I love that term so much, you know. Usually when you hear the term subject to change in a roadmap, you, you think like, okay, something might be delayed or uh, come a bit early, dates might be changed by a month, couple of weeks, not that big of a deal. Apparently 343 Industries doesn't understand that. So this is going to be just a rant about the game uh, un until they just start fixing it. Sure, the Yapping event came out. It is cool. I like the new modes. The rewards, however, aren't that uh, big of a deal, if I'm gonna be honest. I was really excited for Season 3 to come out uh, in November, or at least that's when it was supposed to come. That would be the start of actual seasons, not just half years. So what would happen was, uh, Season 3 would be the first ever 3-month season, and instead of uh, Season 1 being 6 months long, and apparently Season 2 now being 10 months long, yeah! To compensate for that, 343 Industries is um, adding a new update called the Winter Update uh, in the se Season 3 original launch date's place. So, uh, on November 8th, uh, we'd get the official Forge beta, that's good. Campaign Network Co-op and Meshing Replay, I like that. However, they did completely cancel Split Screen Co-op. Th that honestly just makes me really sad. I play Halo co-op, 
with my friends and family. How am I supposed to do that uh, when I don't have multiple uh, consoles or PCs? I don't have that. I just have the one console and uh, the PC that I'm using to record this podcast. But I'm not going to turn it into a gaming one, no. So, uh, that sucks. Uh, we'd also get a free 30-tier battle pass along with the update, which is nice. We get two new maps. Forge made, not fully original by 343, by 343 themselves. So technically speaking, you can recreate these maps uh, exactly. We get a beta uh, for match XP. Which progresses uh, your, uh, I don't know, your level according to how well you do per game uh, instead of just the challenges, which is nice, but why do I need a beta for that? Anyways, we get a new game mode, Covert One Flag. Just one game mode. Um, from what I understand, it's essentially just like, uh, what was it? I forgot the name, but it was essentially capture the flag, but only one team has the flag and the other has to take it. We'd get a new event in January called Joint Fire. Uh, we'd also get a December event called Winter Contingency 2. Now, the, se- the actual Season 3 comes out in March 7. A four-month delay. How does that happen? A world map is supposed to be somewhat accurate. How, do you- how can it differ by four months? I'm just speechless, but what happens, happens. Uh, so, when Season 3 comes out, we get two new actual original maps. Uh, one arena, one big team battle, we get one new equipment called the Shroud Screen. Uh, essentially just blocks visibility from players outside to in and players inside to out. So it's essentially just a bubble. We get one new weapon, uh, the M392 Bandit, kind of like the DMR in Halo 4. And we get the actual uh, 100-tier battle pass. We finally get custom game browser, uh, in-game reporting. How, how is that not a feature now? In-game reporting? Okay, we get uh, two new game modes, VIP and Escalation, a new Fracture event, uh, Forge Beta updates, and a new Narrative event, the strong suit of uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer. Now, Season 3 should, again, should end by June 27. If I get one more delay by more than a month, I am going to... I mean, I'm going to stop playing this game. (laughs) Okay, I I really like Halo Infinite. Uh, Gameplay is insane. It's it's really fun with friends, but it's just not social, uh, or at least as social as other Halo games. The game feels so competitive. Uh, I mean, if I'm gonna be completely honest, I think uh, for new Halo players who who want uh, to capture the magic of Halo for the first time, I recommend going to MCC before Infinite, at least until they figure things out. So I apologize for talking about this for way too long. It's just that Halo is my favorite game franchise. It sucks that it's developed by 343 Industries, which apparently consists of just one guy in the bathroom uh, with a Core i3 laptop. Let's talk about something else. Splatoon 3 is out. Um, I, I don't. I didn't get it. I don't know. I might uh, get it soon. I, I I don't have Nintendo Switch online. I don't plan on getting it, if I'm going to be honest. Most of my online games, I wish I have a review or even just an impression of the game. But from what I can tell, it's just more Splatoon. Which isn't a bad thing, but it's just more Splatoon. We got a new character for Multiverses, Gizmo, a support type character. Yeah! Did they add Black Adam yet? I don't think so. Isn't he supposed to be like the main guy on the cover for season 1? That's weird. Uh, Nintendo has announced a new Pokemon Scarlet and Violet themed Switch OLED. 
it looks really cool. Uh, the the two Joy Cons, one's purple, one is uh, I want to say red, but it, it looks a bit washed out. Still, it works really neat, and the the design on the dock is actually sick. We got an announcement from EA that they're working on a narrative campaign for Battlefield, which is apparently gonna be developed by Marcus Leto, uh, the co-creator of Halo. I cannot believe I actually said that sentence. I honestly think Battlefield 2042 is getting more support than Halo Infinite. Uh, I feel like 2042 might get a comeback, which is just the craziest thing to say, I get it, but the concept's there. It is, it really is. And of course, what better way uh, to end things off with yet another free-to-play game, Overwatch 2. Um, I, I tried the beta, it, it's it's fun, it's actually the first time I've played Overwatch. I haven't played it, I, or at least I haven't got the chance to play it until now with the Overwatch 2 beta. It's pretty fun, uh, I main Mercy in case anyone asks, and I'm somewhat excited for the actual launch of Overwatch 2. And I'm intrigued to try the new heroes, and we, we, we just got some news about that. Uh, apparently they will be part of the battle pass. You heard me right, ladies and gentlemen, to get new characters in Overwatch 2, you'll have to request through the Battle Pass. Good news is, it's the free one, not the paid one. Even if you did pay it to you, I mean, you'd still get them anyways. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the tiny topics. So, AMD has finally, 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 finally figured out how to name their own chipsets. Yay! Took them way too long. So, from now on, uh, things will go like this. There's gonna be five characters per name. So, for example, Ryzen 5, blank, 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 blank. Uh, the first character will be the model year. Uh, 7 will be 2023, 8 will be 2024, 9 will be 2025, etc, etc. Uh, the second character will be the market segment. If it's 1, then it's Athlon Silver. 2, Athlon Gold. 3 is the Ryzen 3. 4 is also the Ryzen 3, 5 is the Ryzen 5, uh, 6 is the Ryzen 5, 7 is the Ryzen 7, 8 is the Ryzen 7 or 9, and 9 is the Ryzen 9. Uh, the third character will be the architecture. Uh, 1 will be Zen 1 or Zen Plus, 2 will be Zen 2, 3 will be Zen 3 or 3 Plus, Z uh, 4 will be Zen 4, 5 will be Zen 5, etc. The fourth character will be the feature isolation. Uh, 0 will be lower model within segment, 5 will be upper model within segment. And then the last character will be uh, form factor or the TDP. Uh, e will be 9 watts, C will be 15 to 28 watts, uh, both of them are generally considered the really lower tier chipsets. U is more uh, power efficiency at 15, also 15 to 28 watts. HS um, is somewhat gaming or career focused uh, at around 35 watts plus, and HX the best of the best uh, at uh, 55 watts plus. I should mention that uh, the suffix at the end is usually meant for mobile stuff like laptops or Chromebooks. But at least it's good for AMD to finally clear things up for us, you know. I mean, not 100% there, but I mean, hey, they're, at least they're trying. NVIDIA, uh, they're probably still um, clearing things up uh, for their uh, inevitable uh, RTX 4000 uh, reveal, but that may come sooner than we thought, as NVIDIA has announced a special GeForce Beyond event at September 20th. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're gonna announce something pretty big there. Pretty sure. But for now, they're also having a pretty cool offer uh, where uh, Spider-Man Remastered, the PC version, is included as a pack-in with uh, new GPUs as long as you buy an uh, RTX 3090 Ti, 3090, 3080 Ti, and 3080 or if you buy a desktop or laptop that comes with those cards. Then, as I said, you get Spider-Man Remastered for free. Yeah, a good excuse for me to buy a 3090 Ti a $60 game that comes with it for free. Meta has set an event for October 11th to reveal its new high-end VR headset. It's probably Project Cambia, I mean it's not necessarily confirmed or denied, but uh, we're at least one step closer to Mark Zuckerberg's dystopian metaverse-fueled future. Mercedes-Benz and Rivian have partnered up uh, to form a new joint venture to build bespoke large commercial electric vans and to start using an existing Mercedes-Benz site in Central uh, or Eastern Europe which would be Rivian's first connection to any country outside of the US. There's going to be two van models, one built on the Mercedes-Benz electric architecture or van.ea and the other will be Rivian's second generation electric van platform called uh, Rivian Light Van or RLV. YouTube is finally adding an ad-free video player for education. So there's going to be an embeddable video player for education apps uh, that removes ads, external links and recommendations so that any viewer just watches and really just, really just focus on it because uh, those recommendations, uh, they just ruin everything. They're also going to be adding tools for creators and especially educational creators uh, to monetize uh, their channel once again uh, to create paid courses on YouTube. Of course, they can still make it free, but uh, if a viewer buys a paid course, they'll be able to watch the content without ads and play the videos in the background. Uh, courses will come to the US and South Korea first in a beta. But for now, uh, the ad and recommendation free player uh, is open right now to uh, select partners, which includes Edpuzzle, Google Classroom, of course, Purdue University, and Purdue Global. Last but not least, uh, YouTube is creating a new quiz feature in the community tab on one's channel. That is going to be a beta which comes out in the next couple of months with all creators getting access to it next year. And to end this episode with a bang, Twitter has announced, yes, you can finally edit your tweets. Of course, you'll be able to see if the tweet was edited. You'll also be able to see the edit history, which is a neat idea, but it took them way too long to do it. I mean, come on, I've made so many spelling mistakes in my tweets, it's insane. And with that, we close the book of everything that's happened this week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to listen to the other episodes of the podcast. And don't be afraid to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As always, this is Yusin Azam signing out. See you next weekend.